Hey mamas, this is Playfully Faithful Parenting, and I'm your host, Joy Wenling. I'm a seminary grad and children's and family minister turned stay-at-home mom to my five girls. Spiritual parenting is my calling, and it's my passion to help other mamas disciple their kids using the power of play and their own authentic daily walk with Christ. If you're a mama who wants to introduce your kids to Jesus and watch as the Holy Spirit transforms their lives, this is the place for you. I'm so glad you're here. So let's dive in and see how we can partner with God today. Hey, mamas, welcome to Playfully Faithful Parenting. I'm Joy, and I want to help you enjoy parenting and become the mom that you want to be. I would love to hear from you this week, emails, Facebooks, um, Instagram, whatever way you want to contact me. I want to hear from you. What are some adjectives that you would use to describe the mom you want to be? I often hear patience, joyful, intentional, purposeful, faithful, loving, kind, gentle, all those fruit of the spirits. But I want to know what do you want to be as a mom? I'd love to hear from you. So send me an email Um, message me on Facebook or Instagram and uh, let me help you to become that mom that you want to be. This week, we are talking about stories. I spent some time this summer learning about storytelling. Here are a few little fun facts about stories. Did you know that according to statistics, 65% of daily conversations are based on storytelling and Almost every culture has a Cinderella story. Think about that. If you were to theologically break down the Cinderella story, a girl who doesn't feel like she adds up, she dresses up to go try to impress a prince and is afraid that he will not accept her for who he is, for who she is. He falls in love with her and he goes to long lengths to find her and to take her as she is, and to love her and invite her into his kingdom. That's something that all cultures want, and we can all um, understand that need, that desire, right? Well-told stories change our brains. I think this is so cool. They it Stories cause a release of chemicals. Um, some of them are oxytocin and dopamine. God designed our brains to learn, grow, and respond to stories. So there's four main ways that our our brain responds to stories. The first one is neural coupling, which a story activates parts in the brain that allows the listener to turn the story into their own ideas and experience thanks to this neural coupling process. So our kids hear the story of David and Goliath, and they learn they can be brave with God because David was. The next one is mirroring. And mirroring is so important, mamas. Listen up. With mirroring, listeners not only kind of share a similar brain activity to those listening with them, but also to the speaker. The way you tell a story impacts the way the listener, your child, 
responds to that story. If you are telling the story, ho-hum, I'm bored, I've heard the story 50 million times, I'm not going to learn anything about it. Your kid's brain is going to pick up on that by the way you tell a story. If you go into the story of, hey, Holy Spirit, I've heard this story 50 million times, but what are you going to teach me today? And then you start telling the story with passion and excitement, like it's the first time you've ever read it. Your kids are going to feel passion and excitement. If you start empathetically connecting with the characters in the story, your kids are going to feel empathy. It's so cool. It's so important how we tell stories. Then dopamine. Okay, so I talked about there are lots of chemicals that your brain releases in stories. And depending how you're telling the story and the parts of the story, suspense will um, activate a different chemical, whatnot. But dopamine, the brain releases this into the into your body when it experiences an emotionally charged event. So in the story, there's something very emotional going on, positive, negative, um, suspense, whatever. It helps the story become easier to remember and allows the listener to remember it with greater accuracy, all because of this dopamine. So cool. All right. And then what parts of your brain are activated? So this is cortex activity is another way your brain responds to stories. When kids are just processing facts, there are only two areas of the brain that are activated. But a well-told story can engage almost the whole brain. Many, many areas of the, of the brain are engaged in a good story, including the motor cortex, sensory cortex, and frontal cortex. That is why you might jump in a movie um, or, uh, or have some kind of a movement is because of that motor cortex, sensory, the things you hear and, and, um, think about, and you can, you know, someone's telling the story that happens by the ocean and they're describing the wave, the way the, the waves are just lapping on the shore and you can start to hear that. Um, and so your whole brain starts to work. And then that again is also going to help with memory and learning, um, as, as they process the story. All right. Um, the last fun fact about stories is the Bible is one big story and you are a part of the story. Now, three reasons why stories matter. One it's biblical. Jesus modeled this for us. He was a master storyteller, but Psalm 78 also tells us about the power of stories for our kids. It says, my people hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable, a story. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. These stories, we're going to pass them down. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law of Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children in Deuteronomy 6. So the next generation would know them. 
even the children yet to be born. And they would in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. They would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. This psalm is telling us that telling stories to the next generation, telling them to our children, telling the stories of our ancestors and of what God has done, his power, his deeds, his wonders. It is important. It teaches our kids so they know who God is. And then they tell their kids who God is and they put their trust in him. That is the power of stories. All right. Number two, why your stories matter. We all, especially children, learn better through a great story. So we've already talked about some of the brain science of stories, but there's a Native American proverb that says, tell me a fact and I'll learn it. Tell me the truth and I'll believe, but tell me a story and it will live in my heart forever. We don't want our children to just know God, know about him. We also don't want our kids to just believe in Jesus. We want it to impact their heart. The third way that your stories matter for your children's faith is that telling stories can strengthen us as the storytellers to remember who God is and what he has done. We sometimes forget what God has done in our lives, or we at least act like we've forgotten. But telling stories helps us to remember and trust that he has done it before and he can do it again. He's always kept his promises and he will continue to do so. There is a song called Firm Foundation and um, some there's an ad lib part of the live version and the lead singer says, I have a testimony. I have a story to sing. This is my story. This is my song. I have a testimony. Can I sing my testimony? And here's the story. All right. Rain came, wind blew, but my house was built on you. I'm safe with you. I'm going to make it through. He's never let me down. He's faithful through every season. So why would he fail now? He won't. That little simple story. It was a hard day. The rain came, the wind blew, but my house was built on Jesus and I was safe. I made it through. That's a story that is speaking truth to yourself about who God is and what he has done. And when we do that, we are modeling to our kids. We are building our strength. We are building our foundation. We are practicing that love part of love, teach, play. And it just helps us. So let's talk about Three really practical little ways to tell stories so that they have a maximum impact for our kids. That doesn't mean you have to use all three of these for every story you tell, but they are just simple ways to help with storytelling. And you've heard me say these things before if you've listened to this podcast. And so I'm going to keep saying it. Um, But the three things that we need to do are engage their imagination. 
especially when we're telling a Bible story or a story of a setting that our kids are unfamiliar with, to help them engage the imagination, we need to help them to be able to picture the story. I was really convicted of this this summer, and I realized that I was doing a poor job of setting the scene of Bible stories for my kids. And so um, it can be really simple. You're telling a story about what you were about you in elementary school. What help them think about, well, my elementary school was this kind of different or my elementary school was the same as yours or you're homeschooled. So you don't know what an elementary school looks like. So let's think about this and just giving them a little bit of setting. Then also with the imagination, what's helped is to give the character some depth. Both internal and external character traits can really help your child to imagine. What did Jesus look like? Not blonde hair, blue eyed, like some, so many um, pictures show him, right? What, but what does it mean? So you're telling the story of the woman touching Jesus's tassel. What does that mean? What is, why did Jesus have tassels on him? What did that look like? How can you help give that external um, look for your child so they can imagine it and not imagine him as having tassels on a sweatshirt or a backpack like kids today might do. The next thing we want to engage um, is their emotions. This helps them to connect with the story and the storyteller. For kids, when they pretend and imagine Those are real feelings that they're having. So when they're pretending to be on a boat in a storm with Jesus and his disciples and talking about the fear and they're pretending to have that fear, that's real fear for them. It is a true experience that they've had. And then they, you get to the part where Jesus calms the storm and talk about what do you think the disciples are feeling now. They're at peace. What does that feel like? Then your kids are experiencing real peace from Jesus. And they're going to be able to then use that and carry that over. Because remember that neural coupling, they're going to be able to carry that over into other parts of their lives more easily. And the final thing, and I We'll say this again and again and again until we stop forcing kids to sit still. We need to engage movement. Kids, especially kids eight and under, learn best through their bodies. And they learn through their bodies before their brains. So we can invite them to throw stones with David or to pretend to offer a lunch to Jesus. It doesn't need to be big, wild, crazy moves, but small, intentional moves help kids to focus on the story instead of focusing on sitting still. So I'm going to tell you a really quick, short example of a story that you can tell to your kids. Not, and you won't tell them this story, but of how simple a story can be. And I actually, um, shared this at church this morning. And then my kids asked me a question that sparked me to tell them this story tonight too. So, um, 
we're gonna I'm gonna give them the setting, a character trait, and then feelings and emotions, all in a little tiny story. All right. So I'm telling this as if I'm as if you're a child, right? My kid. Um, I have a necklace that has um, a little squiggly line on it. And so my kids ask me, what, what is this necklace? So well, when Sela, our four-year-old, when she was in my belly, she was so tiny and she was such a sweet little tiny baby and so healthy for the first part of the time that she was growing in my belly. But then about halfway through the, her time of growing, we found out that her heart was kind of broken and it would beat really fast. A normal heartbeat is about 140 beats per minute for a little girl, but hers was 240. It was so fast. Can you put your hand on your heart and try to move it as fast as you possibly can? I felt so scared. Have you ever been scared? Can you show me what your face looks like when you look scared? But I talked to God and I had all my friends talk to God and I had my church talk to God all for Selah. And then God healed her. And this necklace that I wear shows us what her healthy heartbeat looked like the first time we heard it healthy. And it reminds me that God still listens to us and God still heals people. And God still does miracles. That's it. That's the whole story. I included a setting, talked a little bit about the character of Selah, and included some feelings and included tiny motions. The heartbeat was just enough. And also letting them touch my necklace while I told the story um, has been something that's been helpful for my girls. But it doesn't have to be complex. It doesn't have to be long and perfectly practiced and prepped. Our stories, your stories can have an impact on you, on your children, your families, and your neighbors. You never know the legacy you may leave simply by telling a story of who God is and what he has done. So mamas, if you want help to learn how to better tell stories that make an impact for the kingdom to your children, please reach out. I would love to walk with you in that and help you. On behalf of God, thank you for loving and playing with his kids. Have a great week. Well, mamas, that's it for today. Thanks for joining me on Playfully Faithful Parenting. I'd love to keep the conversation going over on the socials. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you felt encouraged or equipped by today's show, do me a favor and leave a review. I can't wait to hear your story. Till next week, keep playing and pointing those littles to Christ.